Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome. I'm glad you've joined us for this edition of Equipped to Be. I've had a lot of conversations lately because of the tech-savvy and how to create a positive social footprint and teach your children how to create a positive social footprint, online footprint. Those have certainly gotten lots of attention in light of all the shifts and changes that are happening in our culture with our kids. And parents are asking me this question a lot, and that is, how do I raise this strong-willed child? And I have to say, I have recently been asked this quite a bit. I don't know if it's coming to the forefront because so many children's lives, they just feel Uh, out of control. And if you've listened to my other episodes on the strong-minded child, I really don't like to label kids strong-willed. It just just has such a negative connotation because the truth is they're future leaders. And it's our task to help them achieve the goals, to help them identify who they are, and help them learn how to navigate all the seasons that are presented before them. I've said before, you know, strong-willed children, they don't want to surrender. They're leading the charge. They want to be heard. They want their way, when they want it, how they want it. And frankly, they typically know exactly how to push your buttons until you finally surrender. Because after all, that is the name of the game is to surrender so that they can have their way, their will. And it doesn't matter if your child is 2, 7, 12, 17, or older. Strong-willed, strong-minded children are, are in need of different types of parenting. And why does that matter? Well, because it really depends on you how you are. I've seen women, mothers, and I do find that if you are a homeschooling parent, a homeschooling mama, I have seen more of the strong-willed children uh, face off with mom more than they do dad. And I believe mostly it's because they're with mom more. You know, mom is the one that has to be the teacher, the corrector, the, you know, the, the chef, the chauffeur, everything, the snuggler. We're juggling so many roles. If you have a child who is who is more compliant or adaptable or flexible, it's very easy for you to ebb and flow into the different parts of life, daily life. But if you're like me and you have one or more strong-willed children, they can absolutely push your buttons and send you to the edge of where you think you're going to uh, go insane because they can make you so frustrated. And it, it can be rather uh, irritating. And then you end up saying things you wish you wouldn't have said or 
You give in when you wish you hadn't because there was a principle at stake here. Now, strong-willed children, those rules are mere suggestions anyway, aren't they? If you say don't, they'll say why not. And if you say, uh, I uh, will do this later, no, I want to do it now. If you tell them to eat their food and then have dessert, they'll go into full-blown meltdown and then go into negotiation tasks. Now, strong-willed kids, they are masters at negotiating. They want to they see what's up for grabs. What will you give me if? If I comply, if I bend to your will, because really it's kind of like a battle of the wills. If I give, if I bend to your will, what will I get in return? That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode of Equipped to Be. I want to help you understand the thought processes, but some very practical, specific things you can give and ways that you can raise those children successfully. I want you to understand that it can be difficult, yes, and they can be challenging, absolutely, but there are ways that you can parent and lead them with less friction and fighting and arguing and threatening and punishing. So let's dive in. When it comes to dealing with strong-willed children, you got to remember some key points, and that is they need compliments. You know, they, they want to be right. They want their way. And, and sometimes we don't want to compliment our children because, well, then we'll be just affirming bad behavior, poor attitudes, resistance, rebellion. And we don't want to do that. But when we pay attention to something that they do right, Maybe it is a wise decision they made. Uh, maybe they did think it through. And they came up with a different conclusion than, than maybe you had in mind. Or they had a, you know, they were right and their siblings were wrong. And I have found and learned over the years when we pay attention and we compliment the things that they do right, we're instilling in them. Everything about you isn't wrong, which sometimes if you have a strong-willed child, every that's all they ever feel like. They're always in trouble for everything. Everything they say, everything they do, every way they think. And I want you to remember this. I'm going to say it again. Strong-willed children, or as I like to call them, strong-minded children, you know, they're future leaders in the making. That's what you have in your hands. Mom and dad, that's what you're able to help shape, form, mold, and fashion. Because remember, they don't want to surrender. They would rather die on the hill as long as they could win. And if they can't win, well, at least they're going to fight till the very end until, you know, they, they meet the ultimate defeat. And something happens to their heart. Now, that doesn't mean that that's bad. It just means... As they are learning, as you're teaching and instructing them in the way they should go, part of what a strong-willed child has to learn is how to handle when they don't get it their way, how to handle no, period, just no. And if you're soft as a mother and you want to negotiate because, you know, it is all the rage right now, negotiate with your kids, no, no. Everything's not negotiable. And I know 
We've I've read a lot of books that talk about negotiating with your kids, find a common ground, get them to agree with you. Yeah, let's just be careful we're not manipulative in this. And let's be careful at five and seven and eight and 10 that we don't negotiate everything because I promise you when they turn 14, 15, 16, 17, when they're in college, if they have been fed a steady diet of everything is negotiable and they hit a professor or they hit a teacher or they come across uh, an employer who isn't all into this negotiation stuff. You're told to do something, do it. You're not really equipping them to handle that situation. And you must. I was recently at an event and I was talking with a woman who has been teaching in the college level for a long time. And she said what she notices is some of her children, when they've given it their best and it wasn't an A, let's say it wasn't excellent, uh, they call in mom and dad, mostly mom, to come in and lobby on their behalf. No, I'm just going to say right now, that's not okay. That's, that's lawnmower parenting. That's sweeper parenting. That's not okay. We, we want to teach our children to accept authority. And, and I know the culture we're living in uh, right now, that authority is, oh, we got to be careful but we also have to be careful who we put our children under authority of. But if it's in your if it's your employer, if it's a teacher, you're sending your kids to school, a private school, public school, charter school, whatever it is, virtual school, and they're given an assignment, that's an assignment. That's something they have, that's a task they have to complete, like it or not. Everything isn't negotiable. So when you pay attention to what they're doing right. So when they obey and they say, yes, ma'am, without you going, what do you say? You didn't answer properly, but they just respond. Or they show respect or they show a positive behavior and you compliment them. That feeds their soul. Mom, dad, do you hear that? That feeds that their soul. They need to know that they're doing some things right. Now, they're going to be naturally thinking everything they do is right, and you're going to be constantly correcting them and telling them every, you know, what all they're not doing right. But on those moments, which surprisingly will be more than you think when you really start looking at it, you will start to see your child at a core level have confidence and joy, which is different than arrogance. We don't want our kids to be arrogant, to be puffed up with pride, but we do want them to know they, they do do some things well and right. And, and you know what else? Let them know that you appreciate when they obey. Now, that may seem kind of strange because you've been teaching them all along, but kind of think about yourself. When you have done something and, and somebody says, oh, I really appreciate you for that, or thank you. It may be part of your job to do it. And some of you, and I know how some of you are thinking, everything isn't going to be met with a thank you or appreciation. You're right. But I have learned as I have taught leadership courses for decades, boy, words of affirmation go very, very, very far, not just in adults, but in our children. I had one child. I... I 
to this day, and, and now my kids, you know, that my kids are now all adults. So we've done the, the toddler years and the elementary and middle school and high school and college years. And now we have those conversations. And, you know, this, this one child still has to work on not always having to be right or argue every point or find fault with whatever it is you're saying. This child has now, not a child, has to rein themselves in, but you got to give them the tools. And part of the tools is you acknowledging when they they have shown self-control, when they have done an excellent job, when their thinking or behavior has been good. And I don't just mean good behavior, but I mean behavior that is their character, their integrity, their respect, the way they treated people or how they they used their words or how they listened. One thing you don't want to do when you're looking for compliments as we're raising our strong-willed children, one thing you don't want to do is compare your strong-willed child to your compliant child. You're going to set up resentment towards them and each other. And I'm going to do some segments on building sibling relationships. Because as I'm writing about it, uh, that's one of the questions I'm often asked. How, how is your family so close? What did you do? Well, it's just like we do. And I've talked about this with social media. I've talked about this as a mother, as a woman, comparing ourselves against one another. God clearly says not to compare. You're, you're unique. Your kids are unique. So don't compare them to each other and and set one as the standard for the other to achieve. Because we all have, we all have, every one of your kids have areas they're struggling with, character flaws, obedience struggles. Some of your kids, they're so compliant, they'll conform to anything. Well, that's a little difficult too, because what if they start conforming to a friend group that isn't the best friend group. They're just kind of going to go with the flow and they're never going to speak up. But your strong-minded child, you know that strong-willed one, they'll say, no, I'm not doing that. That's dumb. I'm not going there. So each has their benefits and their strengths and each has their weaknesses. Look for the small things to compliment them in. When you compliment them, it makes them want to work harder. It makes them want to try harder. It makes them less resistant to you. The next is connection. You know, strong-willed children absolutely need a sense of connection. And it's hard to connect sometimes because, frankly, they can be frustrating. They can be irritating because they can be prideful. They can be arrogant. They can be strong-headed. And I was kind of like that at times. Uh, I very much desired to please people, to serve. I mean, that's part of my tendency is I want to serve. I want to serve you in this audience the best that I can with the gifts and strengths and talents that I have. But there was a there was a side of me that I'm going to do that up to a point and then nope, done. Not going there. I'm not following you, I'm not listening to you, and I'm not going to do what you said. A lot of that has to do with trust. And if you have a strong-minded child, they want to know they can trust you. 
They need connection. How do you give them that connection? Well, I write about it in Parenting Beyond the Rules. It's, it's that unconditional love. My love for you isn't based on your performance f- towards me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you anyway. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to get in trouble. That doesn't mean that we're going to have to deal with some heart issues here. or We got to try again and start this Parenting 101 with you. However, I love you. I'm going to tell you right now, if you withhold love from that strong-willed child, you're setting yourself up for some very, very difficult teen years. And you know more than that, possibly, more likely, separation when they don't have to come home. They don't, they don't live at home. They don't even have to be around you or call you. See, those strong-willed children are leaders in the making. I've said that now several times. I, I really want you to hear me. They're leaders in the making. So you want to find those compliments, and you want to find areas that you can have connection. Yes, there's consequences when our children don't do what we ask them to do. And by the way, they are your children. You are mandated by the Lord to teach and train them in the way they should go. We don't We don't outsource that. Now, you may outsource writing, math, reading, athletics, music lessons. That's fine. But the teaching and the training of your children in the way they should go, the heart matters, the character, the Lord, that's your job. All that other stuff, those are are academic areas. Those are learning methods. They are future leader teaching. (laughs) All of that is part of it, but your children need to be loved. They may or may not want hugs. I always used to, my uh, my kids kind of laugh now because several of my children are not huggers. They don't like that cuddlingness, but when they were younger, they did. And that's okay. I would just give them 10 hugs a day. I think I read that in a book one time. Everybody needs 10 hugs a day. And I just adopted that as the gospel. Okay, 10 hugs a day it is. And sometimes I would stand there and I would hug them 10 times. I'd feel like, okay, check, mark that off my list. Some of your kids are going to want to be hugged. Some of them are just going to want your presence. As we've talked about the love languages, they just they just want to be around you. They don't want you to talk to them. They don't want you to give them a back scratch. They don't want any of that. They just kind of want to be near you. Some of them uh, really like those little notes you put on their pillow or in their book or on their mirror. But it is physically easy to pull away from a child who is very strong-willed because you mentally get tired and exhausted and you kind of pull yourself away from that part of the relationship I'm going to encourage you strongly, don't do that. If you see yourself doing it, I want you to just ask the Lord to forgive you. You know what else I want you to do? I really want you to ask the Lord to help you find and see what's good and right about that child and then share it with them. Help them to see it too. So you're going to compliment them. You're going to look for connection and you got to be consistent. Here's one thing I have learned after 35 years of parenting now and working with 
I guess tens of thousands of kids. They need consistency. Some of you, that's not a problem. You're very consistent. Some of you struggle with consistency. Your strong-willed child needs consistency. If you say, this is the way it is, then you got to stick to it. It can't be this is the way unless you whine, throw a temper tantrum, get mad, yell, disobey, uh, work mom, you know, just kind of wear her down. No, they need consistency. I know I said this before, but they really do want to know who's the boss, and then they're going to challenge the boss. You know what happens? They trust you. Your word means something to them. Doesn't mean you can't change, but that is that comes after like a conversation. You know, I've thought about this, or the Lord's been working on my heart. There have been many times when some of my kids have challenged me and my reasoning, or even my decisions. And I've always said, you know, this is what I'd like for you to do. I want you to pray about it. And then I want you to pray for me, because I'm in charge of you. I'm in charge of raising you. That's, that's what my job is, is to raise you so that you can step out into the world as full of confidence, full of joy, serving the Lord. Not That's the goal. So I want you to pray about it. I want you to pray for me, pray for dad, that if that is what we need to do, that God's going to change our heart. Oh my goodness. You know what happens? When that happens and your child prays and then God does, and here's the other part. You got to be praying yourself. You need to be asking the Lord, searching scripture and asking him, you know, am I doing this because my friend is doing this or because I read it in a book somewhere or because somebody else told me these are the rules? Or is this really what God has for this child? Something beautiful happens. There have been many times I've gone back to my children and said, you know, I've, I've really been thinking about it. I've been praying about it. Your dad and I have been talking about this. And we've really considered your your point, your position, uh, your logic, your reasons, and we've decided we're going to pivot. I, I know uh, you've heard this before from me, but it's okay to pivot sometimes. You can't be wishy-washy, but sometimes if God's leading you or you're listening to your child and you say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to pivot. We're going to embrace that change. We're going to adjust as your child grows, you have to adjust. Your parenting has to adjust because your kids, your child is not the same child they were a year ago. They're going to have the same weaknesses. They're going to have the same strengths. Those don't change. I was recently working on something for a project and I had done some business coaching with someone and I was reading their analysis of me and I, I about fell over because I thought, oh my goodness, I'm still exactly like that. It's because the core of who we are doesn't change. God grows us. He tempers us. We manage our weaknesses. We learn to control impulsive behaviors. We learn to be more disciplined. We learn uh, ways to, to manage the things that we're not really good at. And then we also should be learning 
how to utilize the strengths we have, develop those talents. So go back and listen to that series on uh, knowing your strengths. This is so helpful when you're raising a strong-willed child. Don't make everything a rule. Everything's not negotiable, but everything's not a rule. Depending on the age of your child, the maturity level of your child, their processing level, that dictates a lot of what you're doing. Unless, of course, it's a matter of safety. If it's a personal safety matter, or if it's a consideration for your family, there are some things, this is just what our family does. Period. And, of course, your strong-willed child would be, well, not me. Well, you know, you have to help them learn Yes, this is our family. This is how we do it. And if you remember, when I was talking about helping children create a positive social footprint, they need to know the why. Some of your kids, you can just say, well, because I said so. But others are going to be like, I don't think so. And you have to explain the why. This is how our family does this. This is how our family believes, values, treats each other, honors each other. This is how we do it. Why? Oh, that's easy. Because, see, we're going to do life together. This isn't just about a parenting gig. This is about building lasting relationships that will continue beyond 18 years old, beyond college, beyond marriage. I see so many broken families. Because they haven't learned to communicate. They haven't identified key components to valuing the relationship and to esteeming others. So as much as you can, you're going to need to consider the request that you're making. And then you got to follow, you got to follow it and be consistent. It can't be no today and yes tomorrow because circumstances dictated. Uh, You need to follow through. It's going to be difficult sometimes. And they're going to challenge you on it. But strong-willed children do need correction. So they need compliments, for sure. And they need that connection. They need to know where they belong. They're part of your family. They need to know their identity. They need consistency, and they need correction. We all do. There's got to be a consequence for a child who chooses to willfully whine, complain, sneak. Some of them do that. Lie. There needs to be consequences for that, for their disobedience. And you got to apply it every time. That's how kids learn. You know why they have you read the same book when your kids are younger? You know, they read the same book over and over and over and over. We forget about that. When our kids were little, every night at bedtime, it was like, Mommy, read me this book. And you're thinking, I have read that every single day for months. Let's find a new book. Can I just tell you something? Something really is really important is happening through that repetition of reading the same story. There's so many aspects that you miss when you just read it a few times. Like when I'm reading a book, I mark it up. 
but then I'll go back and I'll reread it. And if it's really good, I'll reread it. Because they're growing and they're absorbing information and it's kind of writing it on their heart. And that's what you're doing. And that happens as they get older as well. That doesn't stop. Repetition helps facilitate learning. Consequence helps them to realize, no, you're not going to get away with that today, but get in trouble tomorrow. That's very important. Sometimes our children will push back because they don't understand what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go, the family you're trying to build. They don't understand how, they don't understand what God wants them to do. They don't have the experiences to fully understand the consequences, the long-term consequences. They, they only know as far as they've traveled. But we can avoid, avoid rebellion in our strong-willed children. I know Scripture says that our kids, some kids may turn away from their parents. That, that might happen. But if you have been practicing as you've been teaching and training as you go, You've been looking for ways to compliment what is good and right about them, things that they're doing. You have not pulled away emotionally, relationally, physically even, from giving them a hug or a pat on the shoulder or holding their hand or just hugging them when they're hurting or frustrated. If you've maintained that connection, maintain it. Maintain that connection. Even if they withdraw and pull away from you. And if you are consistent. And they know that there are consequences. There's consequences in our lives, especially as they get uh, to be an adult. And you stay the course. It works. Some of your kids are going to need more practice than others. That's okay. You can get tired. You can get weary, but you can't quit. You can't give up. You can't give in. You're running an amazing race. You're helping this child become the person God's made them to be. You're really shaping a future leader in some area. Some area they're going to be leading, even if it's just leading themselves to control impulses or to tame the tongue, whatever it is, you're helping them every single moment that you're leading, instructing, and, and, and guiding them in the way they should go. A child that's disobedient is disobedient. But think about the, why they're being disobedient. Perhaps they're stressed out. Perhaps they're tired. Uh, perhaps they've just had uh, some things happen to them that you don't really know about, and they're not, they're not coming to you and saying, Mommy, this happened. As they get older, they do internalize them a lot more, and it kind of oozes out in different ways. Give them an opportunity to talk to you. Make adjustments where you can. If you got to cut the schedule back so that it's they can get more rest or add a few more snacks into your day or carve out time where you can just be together and maybe they talk and maybe they don't, but you're just there, that, that connectedness again, you'll see the relationship start to 
improve, get stronger. And and if your relationship is already fine, but you know they're being a little manipulative of you, then you're you're able to address that and help them learn some self governance and some self control, as as well as learning to submit to authority, your authority, God given authority. And they learn that there, that surrender does not mean they're giving up or giving in or that they've lost. Surrender means that they're trusting the Lord to lead and work in their life because He has a bigger plan, far greater than they can ever hope or imagine. As always, I am so grateful that you have tuned into this edition of A Crypt B. I want to encourage you hang in there. I've been through the strong-willed seasons, and uh, I think I've probably earned a, a few wrinkles uh, as a result. But you know what the beauty is? The relationship is phenomenal. They still come to me. They still bear their heart. They still wrestle and struggle with certain things that some of my other kids just don't, and yours won't either. But we've managed to get through it with our relationship intact, with wanting to know what we think about things instead of tuning us out and turning us off and walking away. It's not easy. Sure, not trying to candy coat this. Those aren't four simple, easy steps that you can, you know, get your strong-willed child to listen to everything you do and become the model child. Nope. That's not what this is about. But at the end of it all, at the end of homeschooling, at the end of parenting, when your child goes off to college or gets a job or moves out, I want you to watch them thrive and flourish because you've given them the tools. You've you've been there when they've needed it as they have tried to figure it all out themselves. In a world that can be very harsh, in a world that can be very judging, in a world that can be very critical, you are the safe place. You are the one that they can trust. You are the one that they know never gives up and is always there for them. Thank you for joining this edition of Equipped to Be. I hope this blesses you, and I'd love to hear your feedback. So make sure you email us. You can also go over to our website, subscribe to ConnieAlbers.com, and I have a series of parenting hacks that you might enjoy. So make sure you go over there and you subscribe to ConnieAlbers.com. Go to our newsletter, and you will really enjoy those. You can print them out and consider them and think through them, and you might find some good tips for you. So thanks for joining me today, and you have a great week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.